The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. I love the power. Hello and welcome to the Port Mid-Season Review podcast, including a special report of the Shanghai trip from our very own Macca, who joins me now. I'm Portia, by the way. Macca, how are you? One Shanghao, Portia. How are you? Uh, what does that mean? Oh my God, have you gone native? <laughs> it means good evening, Portia. Ah, oh, oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. <laughs> Mate, how are we? <laughs> well, look, I mean, Rick and I were kind of spending the whole week being jealous. Um, but now you're back and now you can rub it in our faces even more. So, oh, you know. Look, absolutely. That's the plan. It's to make everyone jealous plan. so everyone goes there next year as well. Oh, well, look, we'll get into some of the stuff. Um, we're going to talk about that a bit later. Uh, in two parts, one will be the things that you can sort of sell to your partner about. Oh, look, we can go there. There's all these, you know, touristy things you can do. And then maybe more of the sort of interesting things that Macca actually did. Yep. Um, first of all, just cover, I suppose, if it's one hot topic that's sort of come up. And it's not really important, so we won't cover it much. But Jesse Hogan, testicular cancer. Shocking. And I think his, his dad just died of cancer, what, it was a couple of weeks ago or something? Yeah, oh. three weeks ago, I think. So that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's terrible news. Absolutely shocking news. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's... Oh. <laughs> well, I don't really know what to say. I mean... <laughs> you don't. And he's so young, too. Like, it's not even yeah. like he's a you know 29-year-old or something like that. It's like, no, he's he's just finding his place and you now he's got to deal with this. And the impact well, that will like happen on his body. really early. So that's, yeah, uh, that's a big, hold. big bonus, I think. So Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, dear. And that was the hot topics. Let's get straight to the good stuff. There we go. <laughs> Maka, Shanghai. Mate, um, Shanghai. First of all, first of all, let's talk about the game itself and the ground okay. and, and the actual experience of going to see AFL football in Shanghai. Um, I guess we could start off with one of the easy ones. How was the ground? Was the ground up to scratch? Was it good sort of crowd feeling, good sort of views, good sort of food? Did they have their for hot dogs, that sort of thing? Sure. The ground itself was in great nick. Like the mm. grass on the oval was as good as any grass on any football oval I've come across. It was absolute 100% top-notch, perfect for AFL footy. Even so better any, than Docklands? Oh, much better than the Docklands. <laughs> so much better than the Docklands. So much better than the MCG. It was perfect AFL football grass. Um, so any sort of... I know there was a lot of talk about that a few months ago, but yeah, no issue there whatsoever. The ground itself was um, was pretty interesting because it, it's quite... I don't know, from the look of it, it seemed quite narrow. It reminded me a fair mm. bit of the old Adelaide Oval a bit. Okay, yep. Um before the uh, the reconfiguration and all that stuff. So that was uh, that was quite interesting. The views were, were fine. They were great. Um, the temporary stands were pretty good. Uh, the main issue was it was bloody hot. It was really ah, stinking okay. hot. I would say that's the hottest game I've... Hottest in-season game I've been to, I would say, okay. ever. Yeah. Well, that makes uh, sense. And there was no shade at all. <laughs> Zero shot. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. So that that could be one sort of improvement if they can is to find some temporary um, stands was... with some sort of shade co- uh, cover on top like they do at the Grand Prix sort of thing. Um, that would be well, mate, that would be a couldn't bonus. You, couldn't you do the the proper sort of Aussie thing and wear a, a hat with corks on it? <laughs> mate, I had my hat on, I had my scarf <laughs> over my hat covering my half my face because it was that it was just so hot. Oh shit! Um, really? And and really, uh, I think it was only about twenty six or twenty seven degrees, but the humidity made it a scorcher. It was really really hot out there. Um, that they had the uh, the Tasting Australia Festival out the front. That was pretty nice right. as well. 
Um, but yeah, lots of security. Lots of security. It was almost sort really? of one security for every sort of two or three people. So um, we tried to get to the eastern side of the ground because there was two merch uh, tents set up. One was on the western side and there was about an hour wait to get merch there. So we got told, head to the eastern side because there's another one there. And when we got over there, the Chinese security had completely locked that section of the ground down. Like, you couldn't get near it. None of the huh. staff or the players could get in, I don't believe, for a while. Uh, so I think there might have been a couple of issues there with the security. But mm. um, I think that sort of lessened in time. In terms of food, they had um, they had wraps. They had uh, sort of chips. They had nuts. And then they had drinks. Um, okay. So, yeah, there was a fair range to choose from. And it was uh, pro rata, it would have been less than what it costs at Adelaide Oval as well. Oh, that's all right then. Um, and I guess to the football itself, like the first question I want to ask, was Justin Westhoff's goal, Was it? As, did it look as unlikely at the ground or did you just not get a good view? <laughs> I was. We were right there. We were pretty well oh, really? right, in, right in front of it on the other side of the pocket sort of thing. So we had a perfect view of it. I, I'm still not sure how that went in or how it wasn't out of bounds. <laughs> like that, that is the most, I wouldn't say it's the best goal I've seen, but it's the most ridiculous goal I've seen because I, I oh, don't know. On, I don't understand how that went in without hitting the post. Like it's just unbelievable. It I was like we I, went nuts. We went absolutely nuts after that happened. It can't be more ridiculous than that Gus Munfrey's goal that became a goal in the um, showdown. Like that was ridiculous. That was a ridiculous goal because it just had no no right to do that sideways bounce and then correct and go forwards. That was, sure, that, more that was silliness, but um, the. The degree of difficulty to do what Westhoff did and get it in yeah. from there yeah. would be harder than any other goal I can remember. Okay. Oh, uh, what about, what about Scotty Hodges' goal in the Norwood Prelim in nineteen ninety? Oh, that, that'd, that'd be up there. Yeah, that'd be up there. <laughs> but uh, to to kick it off the ground like that, in, or kick it from mid air like that, and yeah, for it to yeah. go, to go in uh, with one bounce, crazy. We went nuts. It was it was beautiful. The crowd was really good, actually. I thought. Yeah, how was um, the crowd? Were there any were there any Suns fans there at all? Uh, I think there was about eight. Um, okay, okay, there, okay. There, I reckon I saw about eight Suns Guernseys. Uh, yeah. One of them was one of our mates, who's actually a Geelong supporter. Um, oh, so he it. probably doesn't count. Um, there was another one who was a Crows member, um, who was dressed <laughs> head to toe, full kit wanker. He was uh, dressed head to toe in uh, Gold Coast colours. Um, and he told us he's a, he's a full-on Crows member who bought a ticket so he could go um, yep. and ended up buying a merch pack or something. So he probably okay. doesn't count either. So I would say they had six supporters there, I reckon. Oh, well, look, that's probably more than they get in Carrara, so mm. they're fine. I saw more Chinese nationals wearing port gear than I saw anyone else wearing Gold Coast gear. Excellent. That's exactly what we wanted. Yeah. Um, have you watched the replay yet? I have. I watched it today. Yeah. Did did you get to see the pregame stuff with that tool from Gold Coast carrying on about how their gun jumper is them is important to them as Collingwood is to them and what? Nah, nah I fast forwarded through all the pregame. Uh, that was a really good idea. Um, mm. yeah. So the game itself, <laughs> like, were you happy with the actual performance of the guys at the ground? Did you think there was anyone that kind of backed off? Because you did say it was kind of humid and hot. Did that affect anyone's performance? Do you think? I think it did. I was, certainly through the second half, you could see the players starting to look exhausted they were starting to run less mm. um that's why i'm i'm happy to give uh, quite a few players a free pass for their disposal uh through the second half because in that last quarter they would have been absolutely knackered 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was knackered sitting in the stands, and I wasn't even moving. So uh, to be running around like a like a lunatic uh, in that sort of weather um, through the last quarter, like Boki was missing easy targets. Trengove, you know, obviously missed that shot by a mile, all that sort of stuff. And I'm happy to give them a free pass on that because they would have been really exhausted by that point in time. Um, but look, I thought we played really well, especially through that first half. Um, our defensive pressure through the forward half was probably as good as I can remember it being. Mm-hmm. I can Adam Saad got tackled about 50 times, um, <laughs> which was wonderful. Um, yeah. You know, we just dominated through the midfield. That sort of backline wall of Broadbent, um, uh, Jonas and Homsch was just wonderful. Like nothing got past them pretty much all day. No. And no. Uh, like the former Jonas... What a star! Like he was best. I thought he was best on ground by a mile. To keep Tom Lynch to one behind, which uh, I think is his lowest impact on the scoreboard for over two years, um, was a great effort. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's good. Um, and I think that the game kind of played out how we kind of expected. Um, in the preview, Rick and I were talking about how they've got a good midfield, but their forward line and their defence are both kind of ordinary. And I think that kind of showed in the way they played. Yeah. Um, they kind of overpossessed in the middle and all that stuff. But anyway, we already did a review show, so let's carry on with some more interesting stuff. Yep. Um, get on to the the, the less, uh, the more freeform part of the show because I don't know, I don't know what you're doing here. Um, Shanghai shenanigans, or should we call it Shangnanigans? I like Shangnanigans. <laughs> Shanghainigans. Uh, <laughs> Shanghainigans. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I guess that uh, there would have been a few Port fans around the place. And as we know, when Port fans are somewhere else, they do like to show the colours. So where's the most interesting places you ran into Port fans? Everywhere. They were everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, <clears throat> everywhere. They were yeah, at the top of the Shanghai Tower. They were in New Gardens. They were in yep. little bars. They were in uh, at street food vendors. Um, right. So, oh, like, I gave so many... Knowing nods and winks and high fives and man hugs and fist bumps on fellow Guernsey wearing port people that I'd never even met before. It was great. I must have, yeah, done that to about a thousand people, I reckon. Just on the streets of uh, Shanghai. It was, it was great. We wore our colours very proudly, I think. And uh, yeah, I even had, um, when I went to the Bund on the Saturday, really nice weather, heaps of people there. And um, I had three Chinese people want photos with me in the space of 20 minutes. Hey, that's not bad. That's, uh, that's all right. I'm not sure if they thought I was a player because I had some sort of sporting uniform on uh, or if they just thought, who the hell is this fella? I'm going to take a no. photo of him because he looks weird. Uh, that's probably more likely. No, um, I reckon they knew you from the podcast. <laughs> oh, look, it's possible. Yeah. Actually, on that, I will say <laughs> on that, I was chatting to someone at the airport during uh, yeah. one of our many, many delays on China Southern, um, so, which I might talk about later. And he, okay. he actually brought up the podcast and whether I'd heard of it and all that sort of stuff. And um, I said, yeah, I'm actually Macca from the host of the podcast. And he, he was pretty chuffed and I was pretty chuffed that um, someone that I didn't know was uh, was listening to it. So uh, I told Fantastic. him I'd give him a shout out. So cheers for the chat, Troy, and uh, thanks for listening. Oh, that's fantastic. Really good. Well done. Good on you, Troy. Good on you. Good on you for, for riffing the podcast out there with random port fans in Shanghai. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and look, I mean, I guess the, the next thing um, you told me a little bit about, and it's just fascinating. Uh, I believe you caught up with a few players at some point, Macca. Yeah, like on the last night, it was uh, I went over with um, 
with the, there was a group of seventeen of us that went in our sort of like our footy mates group sort of thing. So okay. we had a, we had a yep. fair crew there, and you know we went out wanted to have a really big night on the on the Sunday night because that was our last night together before we all sort of went our separate ways. Yeah. Um. So we went to a, a little craft beer bar in the middle of nowhere, which was great. That closed at ten. So we're like, no, it's it's too early to go home yet. Let's uh, let's keep going. So we went went to the Bund and tried to find a bar. Um, and we, we found it. We walked in, and lo and behold, there was um, all the Port players, half the Port coaches, some of the Gold Coast guys there as well, um, and even Port Adelaide demigod Johnny Butcher was there. What a legend! Butcher um, and Daryl Wakeland as well. He was there. Um, oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. So uh, obviously, we ended up. Uh, Having a pretty bloody good night, I've got to say. Um, got to, uh, you know, a lot of the players, like we didn't sort of hassle the players at all, but uh, a lot of them sort of came up and spoke to us. And um, I was still wearing my number five Guernsey, which uh, yep. Brody saw and was absolutely chuffed to bits that someone was wearing his Guernsey. Um, so he bought me drinks um, for most of the <laughs> night, as did a couple of other players. So we, we had a bloody great night. That was, uh, that was the perfect end to the perfect trip, I've got to say. Oh god, so jealous! Absolutely, absolutely, stonkingly jealous. Mm. Um, I don't know what else you got to talk about, Shanghai. I hear you ate some interesting things. Oh, the, all I wanted to do, Shanghai for me was all about the street food. Going mm. over there, all I wanted to do was try everything because I love Chinese food. Um, and yeah, we we <laughs> we tried so much. I had a, a jam being every morning, which is their sort of breakfast pancake type yep. duva, which is just the tastiest thing on earth. Uh, we tried so, so many different types of soup dumplings and all sorts of stuff. We went on a street food tour, which was fantastic. We tried a water snake, which um, was oh. alive sort of five minutes before we ate it, and we saw it get <laughs> killed and skinned and cut up and all that sort of stuff. Um, we didn't try any bugs, unfortunately. We went looking for bugs. Okay. We yeah. were we were pretty keen to try some scorpions, I've got to say, and um, right. and some crickets, but. Uh, we didn't. We actually didn't come across any at all, which was oh, unfortunate. That's a shame. I think that's more of a Beijing sort of thing than a Shanghai thing. But yeah, I think um, right. We we got to try some like hand pulled noodles and you know all that Ooh. sort of stuff. So the the food is just absolutely incredible. Just the the tastiest stuff you've ever tried in your life. And um, look, honestly, I my trip was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. I can't speak highly enough about Shanghai. It was. I, I really hope everybody next year um, that can afford to go goes over there because it's mm, just such mm. an incredible experience to watch your team play in an entirely different country um, and to experience a different culture and all that sort of stuff as well was just phenomenal. It's um, yeah, it was a wonderful trip. Fantastic. And look, I mean, I just want to comment on your food talk, and it just sounded like I was watching MasterChef for a second there. So is there any chance you're going to take your Chinese cooking that you learned to MasterChef next year, Macca? <laughs> uh, probably not. No. <laughs> I might start uh, selling some stuff at the fish and chip shop, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> fish, chips, well, and dumplings. Bring it on. Well, on that note, we've got Joel Bradbury on the speaker chat who said he'll eat anything as long as it's deep fried, <laughs> and that's probably, that's probably not a bad way to go in China. Well, it, it was uh, salt and pepper water snake, and it tasted delicious, I've got to say. Nice. It was really good. Very good. Very good. Look, I mean, you got anything else for Shanghai you want to share, or should we move on to like a mid-season review-y thing? <sighs> no, just as I said, if you can get there... like. I really hope this isn't something that sort of dies because there was the first time and that's it. I, I really hope this grows and more and more poor people go over every year because mm, uh, mm. it, it deserves to happen. People are going to have a wonderful experience. 
literally the only bad thing that happened um, was the constant delays with China Southern. And that was absolutely okay. ludicrous. I think all up in the last three flights, I had about 10 hours of delays, I think. so. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, not fun. And we had mates that missed their connecting flights and you know, had to stay in hotels for an extra night and all that sort of stuff. So that was a bit ridiculous. And it just seemed to be a China Southern thing. Like all the other sort of airlines seemed to be going on time, except for uh, China Southern, which I thought was uh, a bit strange. Um, how many flights does it take to get to Shanghai from Adelaide? Uh, we had we stopped over in Guangzhou um, right. and then uh, Guangzhou to Shanghai. Well, look, I mean, I guess I should say, um, seeing as you flew China Southern, is that Cathay Pacific is the airline partner of Port Adelaide and that maybe you should fly them next time. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I think that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> <coughs> I doubt I'll fly with the China Southern ever again. Look, their staff were, were lovely, really, really nice. The food was really good. The, the flight was uh, really steady and smooth and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. Two and a half hour delays every, every flight is... Um, yeah. Just not great. <laughs> not especially very late at night when you can barely keep your eyes open and you, and you just want to get to where you're going. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, fair enough. That's fair. That's fair. Mm. Ah, yeah. all right. Johnny Butcher. Johnny Butcher. Johnny Butcher. I'd like to speak to Johnny Butcher for what like an hour. Legend. It was great. What an absolute legend. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> anyway, um, back to the back to the podcast. We are doing a podcast, aren't we? Um, so. yeah. yeah, mid-season review. So, look, I mean, I don't know. I haven't done a lot of work for this. This is really just going to come up from what I've remembered. But, you know, you being Mappy, you know all the stats. You've memorized everything. So I figure you're going to have a lot to say on this. Um, we're just, okay. just trying to break... <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, look, I gave you the rundown with a bit of time to sort of True. prep for it. So if you didn't, that's Nine your problem. Nine minutes. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on. You have a problem <laughs> Um, so we're just going to do it bracket by bracket and we're going to start with defence because I think that's probably an area that we kind of need to discuss a bit more than the other areas in some For respects sure. because I think it's a bit more, I think there's probably going to be a bit more debate about it. So I think we want to allow time for it. Um, yep. first question is, hey, have you seen the defensive group this year? Um, obviously we've had the least points scored against us by a big margin. I think 60 points against is the closest team to us. Mm-hmm. Um, is that all down to the defence? How, how good has our defence been this year, do you think? I think our defence has been wonderful. It really has been great. Um, mm. They've delivered above expectation for me. Um, okay. And suddenly it looks like we've gone from having a pretty thin-looking defensive group as a squad to uh, a pretty stacked midfield group, uh, sorry, defensive group, I think. And uh, that can only be a good thing. And, and we've still had uh, guys like Austin that haven't been able to get into the side. Howard's been in great form down back mm. as well for the Magpies. Mm. Um, So for that to happen, I think, is absolutely wonderful. Um, So, yeah, look, is it all down to the defence? I I don't think it's all down to just the defensive group. I think our midfield group has really helped out this year for the first time in a long time in terms of really tracking back and doing the defensive things that you really want your midfield to do. The two-way running, the the pressure, the tackling, all all that sort of stuff. Uh, So I think as a team, our defence has improved out of sight. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I kind of agree. I think that you're right about the, the midfield doing a lot more work. Um, and I, I don't know, like, part of me says, oh, that's because the midfield is doing better, the defence is looking better. But mm-hmm. the reality is, like, I, I think we can probably more say that the midfield is now doing what it's supposed to be doing all along. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's making our good defence actually look good. So that, I think that's probably the best way to look at it. We did get um, a really and... good question on Big Footy, which I'll bring oh, okay. up now from Simo yeah. BC, who said, given okay. that we've played Carlton, Frio, Brisbane and Gold Coast, can we really claim to have the best defence? Yep. Um, and the reason being that every side that's got the best defence has played against those sides as well. Um, you know, that's that's not unusual to get the best defence rating by smashing terrible sides. So... Um, and the fact that we've got it not by one or two or ten points, but like sixty something points on the nearest yeah. team to us, like that's a lot. That's that's a huge winning margin in one match, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that we probably, you know, we're pretty close to the best defence. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, if you don't shut down those shit teams when you play against them, you know, you're not going to have the best defence. So I'm, I'm, I think we're doing all right. Um, yeah, and, and that's only one measure. Let's be realistic. That's only one measure. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other ways to trade a defence, and I think that our defence is... Look, it's pretty... I, think, I have said it previously, I think our defence is pretty versatile in the kind of things they can do. Yep. Um, Darcy Byrne-Jones has been copying a lot of criticism, but I think that he's had a pretty decent year, considering yeah, he's the too. only guy playing that... He's the only guy playing a lockdown role, uh, and that has different expectations than the, you know, the Hamish Hartlett sort of sweeper role that he plays, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I guess the next question about the defence is, uh, do we feel that we're going to be solid in defence throughout the year? <clears throat> um, what are your thoughts? Comes down to the midfield against the better mm. teams, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, as we saw against the Crows, as we saw against uh, GWS and uh, West Coast as well, when we're put under pressure through the midfield, um, we can get scores kicked against us pretty quickly still. Uh, yeah. So it really does depend a lot on the midfield. If we, if we compete well there, <clears throat> it's really going to give the defence the best chance to continue on this sort of form all year against the better sides as well. So... Fingers crossed that that can happen. And look, there are probably three players I'd want to really specifically talk about as being a bit more either lifting their game or new to the side this year in defence. Starting off with Dan Houston, um, he's been a revelation since he came in and it's really unfortunate that he's not in the side right now. Um, I don't know, do you think he's going to come back in fairly soon? It's hard to say, isn't it? Mm. I think it's really hard to say. Um, Mm. it, It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play again for the rest of the year. That's terrible. Which, which would be a big shame because he mm. definitely deserves to because he didn't deserve to get dropped in the first place. No. Um, or rested or whatever it is. But, um, you know, his form has been absolutely stunning. He's, he's not put a foot wrong. Uh, his ball use has been exceptional. Uh, defensively, he's been holding his own, which is great. He reads the play super well. But in, in front of him, who do you drop? Like... You know, Burn Jones is playing that defensive job. Brody's very important. Pittard's obviously very important. Um, it looks like we want to play Hartlett back there all year. So who do we get rid of to put Houston back in the side? I kind of feel like he's competing with Homsch. Um, That's my view. Because Homsch for me, he is basically an intercept defender, um, the same as Houston is. Uh, yep. I, don't think he, I don't think he's a shutdown defender realistically. I think he's about as good as Houston is at that. Um, and he has got injury concerns, you know, that he's always sort of a little bit proppy. Yeah. Um, so I think that if he has a bit of a query on him, I think that Dan, he's the guy that Dan Houston will come in for in the future. Um, so I think that's probably the matchup. Uh, just a quick comment from a speaker chat from Joel Bradbury, who's pointed out something really important to a question we sort of answered five minutes ago, um, which is that we played against the two top scoring teams as well as those four loser teams that you mentioned. So, um, yeah. you know, that, that probably makes it a bit more uh, reasonable a statistic to have. True, very true. That's a good point. Mm, mm. Yeah. Now, look, I, it, I, I expect Houston to play more games. 
But yeah. I think at this point he's relying on someone getting injured before he comes back in at this point in time. Absolutely. Um, all right, I guess the next one to jump to is uh, Tom Jonas. Um, this week he yeah. had a pretty good game, didn't he? Just, Did all right. just a bit, yeah. He done good, he done good. <laughs> he done good all year, I think. Yeah, look, I, mean, I guess we're just counting down the time until he gets stupidly suspended again, but until then he's probably <laughs> going to be fine. <laughs> like, where, where has this come from? From Tommy, like he's gone. <laughs> 2014, he was just about our most reliable player on us in yep. our squad. 15, he was disappointing. 16, um, he had a disaster year. He did. Um, we were all expecting him to get, you know, half the board wanted him traded or delisted yeah. or whatever. And he's come back and he's probably performing better than he did in his best year through 2013-14. So, uh, I think he's currently second in the. Entire AFL in one percenters, which is great. Um, he's spoiling well. His intercept marking is really good. Um, his uh, his ball use has improved out of sight uh, to be back to where it used to be. Um, he's been a massive reason why we've improved this year. Yeah, look, I mean, there's no doubt his form's lifted. Um, but probably the next guy we're going to discuss is a guy I'm kind of more impressed by myself. Um, but yeah, Tom Jonas, I think he's uh, certainly. When he got that long contract extension last year, uh, and it seemed kind of insane, like he's making it look like it's not quite as bad as when he originally was. Like he's on a three-year contract extension or something like that. Um, it'd be interesting it to see. It reminds me of the uh, Alipati Carlisle sort of situation because okay. I reckon a lot of people on our board scratched our heads and said, "Why on earth have we, have we given Paddy a four-year deal when mm. he can? You know, he's overweight. He's not playing any sort of good footy, and then he repaid the faith and played three really, really good years." Um, so I feel like almost Tommy Jonas is doing the same thing. Like they've put the trust in him, and he's uh, repaying that faith back. Yeah, well, I mean, let's be frank. There's not enough players that do that when you give them a long-term contract. So good on him for actually doing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the last guy I want to talk about specifically is probably Tom Clurry for this um, year so far. I think he's lifted his game enormously from last year. Um, he's been really consistent. He's been exposed by forwards that've been much bigger than him. But even then, he's not done too badly considering the circumstances in which he's been beaten. And then in the games where he's been up against, you know, an opponent of maybe equivalent size, like he's been really good. And he's mm. he's very good at those sort of sideways marks um, from behind the guy on the lead and just sort of getting the, the right position to basically intercept from behind. He's really uh, become a solid defender, I think, Macca. Yeah, he has. He's had a really good year. And um, I think we all thought Logan Austin would sort of be our starting fullback mm. this year, but... Uh, for Cleary to come in and do the job that he's done has been really, really good. I think he's been beaten by some uh, bigger guys on occasion, yeah. but his last few weeks have been pretty good as well. Yeah, well, I mean, the big guys he's been beaten by is because their team defence has failed as well. That's yeah, many of the issues. that's right. Especially against um, GWS when um, mm. uh, Patton kicked six. I think that wasn't really uh, his fault, I don't think, on that night. That was the team really letting him down as well. For me, I kind of feel like that's the reason why we need to have one monster... Um, key position backman in our side. Um, and that's why I kind of feel like Homsch slash Clurry slash Jonas isn't sustainable in the long term. Yeah. Um, and why, why Dougal Howard might get a go earlier than some might expect. Possibly, yep. Mm-hmm. All right, anyone else in defence you want to talk about, Macca? Uh, not really. Well, maybe. I don't know. I think Brody's really lifted his yeah, name. I was going to say, well. your new best mate, Brody. Do you want to talk about Brody? Mate, what a, what a, he should be captain, honestly. <laughs> that guy should be captain. <laughs> Hall of Famer, Matthew Broadbent, what a legend. Hey, uh, good on you. But in all seriousness, I think he's improved from last year. I think the, the criticism of Burn Jones this year has been unwarranted. 
I think he's done a a really solid job down there. Mm. Um, But as we said at the start of this section, like it's just been a real group effort this year. Um, And for the first time in a long time, our defence is playing real team football. Absolutely. Look, I agree with pretty much all of that. Um, I guess moving on, midfield, 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 midfield. That's been the story of our season, in my view. The defence has been good, but the fact that we've actually improved enormously in midfield has been, I think, the difference between <clears> us <throat> finishing probably bottom eight and hopefully top eight. Yep. Um, we've gained, I think we're, I think we're probably still the team with the most inside 50s. I haven't checked this week. Um, and we're just so much more damaging the midfield than previously. Uh, Sam Palpepper's come in, obviously, and he's just added something to our midfield as an extra option. You know, that second tier midfield that we were always worried about, he's come in mm-hmm. and he's become it. Um, we've had Ollie Wines left, we've had Brad Ebert in career best form, um, really the only one that's kind of letting the site down a little bit, and I hate to say it, is our captain, Travis Folk. Uh, really? Yeah, well, compared to the other guys that have all lifted, he's sort of stayed about the kind of level he was at last year, which is kind yeah. of okay occasionally, but He's averaging 24 touches and over a goal a game. Like, yeah, but I'm talking about impact. I think he's impacting okay. pretty well. I think, you like reckon? Ben Jones, I reckon people have oh. sort of got something... In for Bokey at the moment, and uh, oh, they're really concentrating on the negatives as opposed to looking at the positives. Uh, well, for me, I mean, I'm going to bag on Bokey again, which is the next question, which is, are we lacking for outside class in midfield, Macca? Uh Possibly. Quite possibly. I think that's why we've really wanted to add Wingard to the midfield group, is to mm. use his foot skills to advantage. I don't think he's really added to the cl- to the outside class yet. Like he's getting so, a lot yeah. of the ball, but he's also missing a lot of targets as well. Um, but yeah, look, I think we could still do with another one or two um, players that can deliver high-class footy inside 50. Because I think um, also a delivery inside 50 has improved from the, oh, let's just bang it in as long as we can, uh, that we did last year. It, it's still got some way to go before you're reaching sort of elite ball use inside 50, I think, and... And that's going to be really important. Like, yeah, like we really need to improve our, our um, inside 50s against the better teams because that's where we're really breaking down. Yeah, look, I, I totally agree. Uh, and just on Chad Wingard, look, I don't think that he's gone in midfield. I don't think he's playing an outside role. I think he's sort of playing a tweener role where he's still, a, you know, because he, he never doesn't have an opponent on him pretty much. Um, yeah. So you, you but can't his ability be... to get space... And, and oh, have yeah. time to dispose of the ball. I think he should be disposing better because he he does have a lot of time on the ball. I don't think he has that much time. I don't think he has as much time as you think he does, Macca. I really don't. Mm. don't we'll agree yeah, to disagree. Yeah, 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 I guess we'll have to. Um, JB has said, oh, it's Joel Bradbury again. JB has said uh, that he reckons that uh, folks had five bad kicks and everyone hates him. Poor guy. Which, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that that's quite right. I think it's just... I don't know. I don't know. I just haven't seen him being as constructive as the other guys in midfield. And I think the fact that maybe maybe that perception is coloured by the fact that the other guys in midfield have lifted uh, and he has not changed much from being a fairly decent midfielder in previous years. Yeah. That might be that might be part of the perception of it. Maybe. Um, I guess we'll move on to a couple of guys I want to talk about in particular. The first one's got to be Ollie Wines. Um, people are talking about him maybe being or probably being our next captain. Do you think that's getting pretty close now, considering how consistent his form's been? I think it's probably fair to say that if he stays at the club, he'll be our next captain for sure. Yeah, okay. I, I can't really think of anybody else. that like, He's got the, the perfect age to sort of step into that role in the next yeah. few years. Yeah. Um, he's got the impact. Uh, he, he's had a great year. He's improved out of sight. His, his ball use has improved, uh, which we all wanted at the end of last year. And 
uh, the impact he's having on games. Even on the weekend, like he was probably uh, what eighth or ninth best player. Yeah, and, and he still had a massive game. Like you look at his numbers, and they were huge. And uh, that, that's the thing that he's really added to his game this year is that sort of consistency where he's playing the same sort of style every single week, which is great. Yeah, look, I'd agree with that. He's really just coming into his own now. Yeah. Um, and as more importantly, I think I think that what happens when you have multiple midfield options is that all of them play a bit better. And I think that's what we're really finally seeing this year. Yeah. Because we've always, we've always been a little bit shallow in midfield and we've finally, finally got what seems like a decent set of players in there. So that's really mm-hmm. been good to see. Uh, and moving on to the next one, the guy that won the what, the, what are they calling it, the Shanghai medal, if they've got a name for it, uh, Brad Ebert. He's yep. uh, obviously in scintillating form this year. This is his best season by far. Oh, absolutely. Well, again, where has this come from? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He's gone from, from being last year where he was a defensive-minded tagger. He yep. didn't really worry about the bowl at all, to oh, now yeah. being an elite inside midfielder disposal winning machine. Like, where has this come from? Like... He's just been absolutely wonderful this year, and, and it's great to see because he is a great player, and his last couple of years probably haven't been up to his standard, so it's great to see right. him get back to an elite level again and playing career best footy. Yeah, look, I might not agree with that. Um, he has been just fantastic for us on the inside, and uh, it's kind of like that Joel Frank, that, that um, uh, Josh Franco step-up that he did back in the 90s, um, where he went from being kind of like, oh, yeah, he's all right. So like, oh, wow, he's actually really good. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I said to Rick last week that he might be our Matt Prittis um, in terms of just being a really good workman type player. He just suddenly finds that extra step up and he's really lifted, he's lifted enormously. Um, he might be racking up brown load votes as we speak. Who knows? Uh, interesting to know. You would think so. Like, I, w- I think so. Me. He could be on double figures at the moment. He could be. I would say he might be, actually. Yeah. Because he does um, pull well. Like, he does pull pretty yeah. well. Yeah, Supr- like surprisingly well, yeah. and that was as a defensive tagger. <laughs> well, in the last few years, he's had what nine, eleven, seven, and ten. So, yep. you know, a couple of those years, he hasn't really been all that great. Mm. Um, mm. So, so now that he's playing great footy, he could be that sort of, you know, well, <laughs> well I don't think he'll win the Brownlow, but um, well, he could easily get you know that sort of eighteen to twenty vote range. I would think he could. You're quite right. I think I think that's probably not unreasonable given past form of the Brownlow and the, the fact that he's really lifted his game so much this year. Yeah. Uh, and it's been recognised by people as well. You know, like it's not like there's no buzz around him. Um, he's been mentioned. He's he's been nominated by commentators as being a good player. So that's yeah. that's that's unusual. Yep. Uh, and I suppose the last special mention is got to be the bolt from the blue. It's uh, Sam Powell Pepper. Um, he's just come in and he's just playing every week, Macca, and he did all right again this week, didn't he? Sam um, to the double P, what a legend. How good is this been, kid? He's been so good. I mean, I, the I, limit. I, I kind of feel like that when he shaved his uh, moustache for um, West Coast, that was kind of like Donald Dickey with the lightning bolt in his hair. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, look, I mean, if he grows the, the nasty mo back, um, he'll be back in top form, no doubt, absolutely. So who's had the better debut year so far, Sam Powell Pepper or Ollie Wines? Ooh. Um, you see, this is the thing. I think that... I reckon it would be think, pretty close. I think it would be pretty close. I think that I would lean more towards Ollie Wines because he had a really good debut team year when we desperately needed it yeah. because we were shit. Yeah. Um, whereas this year, Sam Popov has come into a probably a more stable side than we had back then. So even though he's performing well, he might not have been performing well if he'd come into the same team that Ollie Wines did. And, yeah. I mean, we talked about that possibly being part of his trouble at uh, in the WA team, which is that it was a, a very shallow team 
after you get past the top six players or something in it last year in under 18s level. Um, but now that he's got more players around him that play well, like he's, he's doing a lot better for sure. Yeah. Mm. Oh, look, I'm surprised by the numbers he's been getting. Um, I expected him to have an impact, but I didn't expect him to get you know 20 touches. Yeah, in most quite a few games this games. year, and you know 25 yeah. touches and two goals. He's had on a, a couple of times, and yeah. just huge games for someone so young. And um, you know the amount of clearances he's been getting, um, he's been really clean with the footy, which was a, a criticism of him last year as well. Uh, so for him to come in in his first year at AFL level and uh, and really dominate some games. Mm-hmm. Uh, is wonderful. Absolutely Look great. Up, I mean, you compared him to Ollie Wines, but for me it goes back even further for that sort of surprise impact to Nick Stevens, which I know is a bit of a persona non grata mm-hmm. around the place. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in his debut year, he was just everywhere, absolutely everywhere, and yeah. uh, he had a huge impact for us. That's um, it. Yeah, that's that sort of surprise. You know, a guy drafted, I think he was second round, um, and then just suddenly coming in and just blitzing against Fremantle as well, actually. I remember they being his better game. Now, um, I think, before we move on, I think you've missed the obvious special mention of all time. Oh, here. okay. What's that uh, one? Jared Polek. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. He, he, I think that he started absolutely he's blitzing. He's been phenomenal. He's, I, think he's been a little, I think he's been a little quiet the last couple of weeks, Macca. What? He had 29 uh, touches on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, but they weren't as damaging as they were in the first four weeks. Yeah, 26 That's, touches last week. As I said, they're not as damaging as they were in the first four weeks. I reckon they are. I reckon he's been. I reckon he has been like, like Tommy Jonas. He's been one of the real key reasons why we've uh, improved a lot this year. And injury free, uh, his consistency has been great. He's kicking goals, uh, constantly delivering high class footy inside fifty. Just about the only guy that can do it. Um, you know, his form has been wonderful. Look, I mean, I've got no doubt his consistency is way up. Um, I, I think I'm not saying that he's uh, he's lowered his form or anything, but I think that oppositions are again at start at the very start of the year when he was just completely destroying teams. Like I think that they've got a little bit wiser to him, but he's still performing. So yeah, absolutely. I'm not criticising him in, in any way when I say that he's not quite shone as much as he did at the start of the year. He's obviously getting more attention now, but he's he's absolutely still putting in. Um, and I want to also say, yeah. shout out to Carl Amon because I reckon yeah, we're a better side with him in it, and he should not be Probably. dropped. He's so good at that link man play, isn't he? Yeah. Um, just seeing him play this week, it was really obvious he was missing last week. Um, he, he he adds a lot. And he does get things wrong. He's, what, 21? He mm. does get things wrong still. But he's just doing something for our team that no one else is. And when you do that, it's the same rationale, Maka, as keeping Sam Gray in the side, which is that, you know, like Sam Gray, he's still getting a lot of touches. And, yeah, a lot of them are rubbish, but no one else would be getting those touches if he wasn't in. Yeah, um, that's true. I kind of feel like it's yeah, the same look, thing with Amon. Someone who's 21, he's played 29 games. Like, he's still a kid. Um, yep. And I think we saw last week, him out of the side puts too much pressure on someone like Paulette because you know, he's just about the he's only other guy out there that can yeah. deliver you know really good footy inside 50 and hit targets, hit leading targets. So yep. I think we, we desperately need Amon in the side um, if we're going to become a finals outfit. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I guess we'll move on to the forward group. Uh, we have got any any other midfielders to talk about? Um, for me, I think the, the the most apparent story, apart from the most obvious one, which is Robbie Gray, who we'll get to. Um, for me, I think the Charlie Dixon. He's playing at a new level this year. Like going going by career best seasons again. I mean, this is definitely his career best season. I reckon. 
Um, he's just been really consistent. He's been good at the start of games when the game's in the balance, I think. I think it's been a really important part of his play. He's been involved in a lot of stuff. He's marking high. He's marking on the lead in areas where no one can match a 200-centimetre key forward. Mm. Um, he's just been really phenomenal. Um, Maka, what do you think okay. about Dixon this year? Uh, his consistency has improved out of sight. Yep. Um, yep. And look, his last three weeks have been top-class, elite, key position forward AFL football. Like, Absolutely. Uh, he's just dominated the last three weeks. And if he can keep that going uh, for the rest of the year, then he's going to have an absolute monster season you would think, but um, thank God, because <laughs> we really yeah. needed him to do that. After his poor end to the, to the um, uh, 2016 season, for him to come out this year and have the year that he's had, already kicked 19 goals, taken some massive marks, and you know is really becoming that dominant um, lead-up key forward that you want, um, thank God, because we, we, did, we did really need it. Yeah, look, I mean, this ties into something that I've sort of been rabbiting on a little bit about throughout the year, which is um, Brendan Lade coming in as the forwards and rucks coach this year. Um, we've had Dixon start performing. We've had Paddy Ryder um, coming in in blistering form from a year off. Uh, we've had Jackson Trengo being able to kick multiple goals uh, when he's been up, uh, available. Um, and Todd Marshall, you know, he's come into the team and he's was big raps in an article I read the other day for Brendan Lade. Um, I don't know, do you think, how much how much impact do you think Lade's actually had in the side? Do you think it's... That's a that's been the missing link for us in some ways. I think so. Look, he's a he was a really smart player, Brendan Lade, a great ruckman, mm-hmm. a really clever forward as well. So I think there's no doubt that he's had an impact, um, especially on Charlie. Uh, I think Ryder was um, is, is playing how we've sort of expected him to play, anyway. But certainly Charlie Dixon, after his year last year, for this sort of improvement, I definitely think we can put it down to uh, Brendan Lade in some part. Mm-hmm. I think so, probably. Uh, and now to the most obvious one, Robbie Gray. He started off really strong. He's been a little bit quieter, but he's still been putting in the effort. Um, I don't know. How, do you, how have you seen your season, Maka? A bit up and down, but yeah, um, mainly because of his goal kicking. I think um, mm. he just needs to nail those easy shots. Like If he did that, he'd have had a, an exceptional season. I think it's just a little bit below exceptional at this point in time. But for someone who's clearly, I don't care what they say, he's clearly playing injured um, and who's having the impact that he's having. He's kicked 20 goals this year, for God's sake. Yeah, someone already. That, that can barely run <laughs> and can barely it's move. It's, um, it's crazy. Well, he's had some huge games. And um, it's great to see. And look, there's certainly games where our delivery to him has been shocking, like especially on this weekend, like with Stephen May standing on you. Yeah. Uh, I think we had to be a bit clever with uh, how we were sort of delivering the ball to Robbie, and I think we were kicking it to him too high, and it was just sort of playing into Stephen May's hands a bit too much. So um, I think if, if we solve that sort of issue, then, um, yeah, we'll be laughing, I think. But look, he's had a couple of really quiet games. He was really quiet in round one. He was pretty quiet against West Coast as well, but... His good games have been really, really good. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that in some way the Robbie, uh, Robbie Gray's decline in form has probably been in uh, uh, the dilemma of the marking small forward um, in that if you've got a taller guy in him and he's accountable, then it's hard for them to get the marks and then they're relying entirely on road goals. And I think the teams that have really sort of shown him up have been teams that have been pretty good at sweeping the ball up in defence as well. So that's yeah. kind of the double, double whammy for Robbie Gray. That really just shuts him out completely. Um, and I think that, unfortunately, there's a lot of teams that can potentially do that to him. So uh, he'll have to find something extra, I think. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree he's probably injured. Um, you know, we've, the club has not exactly 
always been forthcoming on players that have been playing with injuries all year until the yeah. year afterwards and they're feeling better and playing well. Um, that's usually when they mention, oh, yeah, last year he was playing all year with injuries. I'm like, why didn't you say that at the time? <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the question is for our forward line, like, what's missing for us? Because, I mean, I know that West Coast kind of ruined us a bit. Uh, we've had Aaron Young's form. He's just kind of died as an AFL footballer again. Um, I don't know. What do you think we need? What is the missing element for our forward line to really take it to the next level? Well, I think Trengo's been pretty good up forward. Okay. He's been consistent. He, you know, he's had those two big games where he kicked three goals each. Uh, yeah. He's, he's been performing in the other games. But I still think we need another genuine forward, like tall forward. I think I'm not sure if Brett Eddy's the answer. I'm not sure if we're going to get that answer this year, but I think we need someone like that, um, and we need a, a small forward that can kick goals. Uh, I, I do think that that's what we're missing. Someone else other than Robbie Gray. Um, if we're going to play Chad Wingard in the midfield, where he's not going to have the scoreboard impact that um, he's had in the past, then we really do need someone else to step up. Sam Gray hasn't stepped up on the scoreboard. Um, Impey's been okay but sort of falls in and out of games too much um, we really need some sort of crumbing option who can kick or who is at least capable of kicking three to four goals um, every couple of every two or three weeks sort of thing and again Look, I mean, uh, maybe Monfries is that option nah. maybe Jake <laughs> Need but I highly highly <laughs> doubt nah. it um, I don't know if we've got that option on our list at the moment. Maybe Aiden Johnson. I don't know. Um, Maybe. But we are getting a lot of goals from our midfield group at this point in time, which is great. Um, but we still need to make sure that our forwards are still kicking a lot of goals. Because we're almost in the region now where, I hope not, but if you stop Dixon, you're going to really stop Port Adelaide, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, Sam Gray's playing more a high half-forward role, so I don't know that he's the goal sneak type, but I agree that MP probably needs to do a bit more. Um, there was some talk, I believe, a few weeks ago of maybe us recruiting Lindsay Thomas in one of the big footy questions. Uh, I'm even less keen on that now than I was before, but uh, I, do agree, I do agree that is a, that is a slot on our list that we could fill. Look, I um, would love a small forward like Lindsay Thomas, just that wasn't not Lindsay, Lindsay Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Anyone think, I think but I'm, Lindsay Thomas. Thank you. I think I'm. I think I'm with you there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jamin Impey, like you said, he's just not been consistent enough, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, he's been he's been electric in parts, which is great. He has. Maybe I'm being too harsh there. Like he's kicked what eight goals in the last three weeks, so he is kicking goals. But um, I don't know. It's, it's just his sort of form. He sort of plays twenty minutes of fantastic footy and then he doesn't get a kick for sort of 45 minutes and that sort of thing so uh, we just need him to be a bit more consistent but if he, I guess if he can continue that sort of rate eight goals in three weeks if you can keep doing that that'd be pretty handy look I mean I kind of feel like that's one of those things where that's the small forward that's sort of small forward does is they have 20 minutes of brilliance and then maybe they go missing for a quarter or two because they do um, hmm. because the ball doesn't come to them you know um, this year like, how many times have we not kicked 100 points? There's not many. There we are. Our lowest score for the year is 81, uh, 11 yeah. goals, 15. You know, um, we're getting the goals anyway without the small forwards kicking them. So maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing because small forwards are mostly meant to be – they're meant to be a release when you, your tools aren't marking, really. Um, yeah. When you mark, More to the point, when you're marking players aren't marking, your small forwards are meant to be the release for them. So the fact that they're not getting goals and we're still getting big scores, I mean, that's probably – I don't know. I don't know how harshly you judge small forwards in those conditions. Yeah, not sure. Look, Youngie's 
sort of lack of form has been a bit disappointing, but I'm mm-hmm. not sure it's not unexpected. Um, I'm really happy Arch kicked three goals on the weekend. Whether he can keep that up, I'm not sure, but um, he's given himself a chance at least. So uh, I guess we'll see him in the next game as well, and, and hopefully he can perform again. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it depends because um, didn't Aiden Johnson get dropped the game after he played really well too? So who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but we had uh, a like that was one of Hartlett's many laid outs, I think, this year. So um, mm. whereas I think Archie has just replaced Aaron Young. I'm not sure Aaron Young will get back in the side next. No, next I'm not week. sure either. Mm. Um, look, I think we've talked about all the special mentions. So is there anyone else in the forward line you want to talk about, Mecca? Uh not really, just that Jackson Trengo's probably performed better than I expected. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I really didn't know what to expect from him playing as a genuine forward, but um, you know he's been surprisingly very, very good. Yeah, yeah, I think he's done all right. I think that he could do more to... I think he could offer more as an actual second leading forward at times. I don't think he does that. I think he's sort of playing like a tall rover sometimes, which is a bit... Eh. Um, yeah. I love his ability to snap goals under pressure. That's been good. For a big that's man, I think that's pretty rare. Yeah, it's not it's not that common, for sure. Mm. Um, and I guess now a very brief section, because it's only really mostly about one player. Talk about the Ruck smacker. Paddy Ryder, how good's he been? The um, Ruck. But what else do we or, have? Or Ruck. Uh, the Ruck. <laughs> yeah, oh, look, look, Paddy's been great. You know, he's played he really, really well all year. I'd love to him for him to sneak forward and, and kick um, a few more goals, if he can. Um, yeah. Uh, but look, his, uh, his tap work has been first class all year, um, and I guess we've seen just how much we missed him last year. Yeah, look, hugely, um, because like when we recruited him, I guess when we recruited him, there were some people that were still on the Matty Lobby bandwagon. Um, I don't think anyone's on that bandwagon anymore, but um, no. Paddy Ryder, like he's, the difference between Paddy Ryder and our next best ruckman is just phenomenal. Uh, it's probably the most extreme in, the, in any league, in the, any team in the league at this point, almost. Yeah. Um, He's been great. Uh, Jackson Trangover's backup's been all right. Um, I guess we need to talk about Billy Frampton and Dougal Howard very briefly. Like, do we think they're going to get a chance in the second half of the year coming in? It's hard to say. I would still love... Look, like I just finished saying um, I, I think we need another genuine sort of key forward. Maybe Billy Frampton is that man. Maybe Dougal Howard is that man. I don't know. Um, mm. I, I would hope that both of those players get a go at some point this year. Um, especially Billy because his form has been so fantastic at SANFL yeah. level. It's almost hard to overlook that sort of form um, any longer, really, without it getting a bit ridiculous. But, um, you know, whether he's got the agility to play as a key forward at AFL level, I'm not too sure. But um, certainly as a sort of um, as a second-ruck chop-out, I yeah. think we need to give him a couple of games just to experience AFL footy and, and uh, give him a taste. Yeah, look, for me, Frampton's kind of the missing link because even if he, as a forward, is a bit ordinary, um, he, he releases Paddy Ryder to play at forward and take a few marks occasionally, just really put a bit of terror in the opposition. So, Because, um, yeah. you know, there's not that many teams that can take on a, a 200-centimetre um, uh, Charlie Dixon and a, a tall Paddy, Paddy Ryder as well. Like that's a For a key defender, ask, there's not a lot of teams that will match that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and just uh, moving on to coaching. How are we feeling about the coaches right now, Maka? Okay. Yeah. Not, not great, not bad, just okay, mm. I think. Um, I'd be a lot more uh, confident if we'd beaten one of those teams that we've lost to. 
Yeah, one of the top eight sides, yeah. Like, say if we lost to Sydney but beat um, GWS or the Crows, for example. Like, <laughs> I'd, I'd feel a lot more uh, settled. <laughs> Look, we've played really well so far this year, but we haven't beaten anyone yet. And it is a yeah. thing. As much as we don't want it to be a thing, it is a it's thing. It's a thing. It's absolutely um, a thing. So until we actually do that and beat someone that matters, um, it's going to remain a thing. So I'm, I'm still wary that we're just in that sort of West Coast flat track bully zone at the moment. Um, and it's up to us to work ourselves out of it. Yeah, I, I have to totally agree with you there, unfortunately. Um, I think that the teams that we've been beaten by, um, we just haven't had answers to how they've changed their game to beat us. Uh, yep. And that's uh, that's all coaching. That's all coaching, realistically. Mm. Uh, so it's been worrying. Um, I think there might have been a bit of player effort in the West Coast loss, but uh, the other two, I think that was just a coaching fail. Um, miscellaneous questions. Who's your top five player support Adelaide for the season so far? Oh, top five so far. That's, uh, yeah. that's a tough one. Like, not in any sort of order, but Tommy Jonas would have that's to be fine. up there. Okay. Um, Brad Ebert is a lock. I think Jared Polek's a lock. So they're, they're, they're yeah. my definite top three. Yeah. Uh, then I would have to say Ollie, I think. And then okay. probably... Oh. Wingard? Uh, probably... Uh, probably Robbie Gray, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah. Wingard yeah, would, would be sixth, I think. Yeah, I, I reckon I'd probably bump Wingard up and maybe lower Jonas a little, but it's not too different. Um, I feel like I'm no. being harsh on Matty Broadbent here as well. but <laughs> He obviously bought you enough drinks. <laughs> uh, all right, and uh, is there any players you think might... We talked briefly about Frampton, but is there anyone else that you think might come in in the second half of the season mm-hmm. that'll sort of come in and play a bit of a role for us? Or are we pretty settled with our, our players that we're going to pick for the rest of the year? That hasn't played yet, or...? Or that hasn't played yet, yeah. Yeah, well, um, ideally that hasn't played yet because obviously there's that statistic about how the best teams always have the least number of uh, individual players in their team over the course of the year. Yeah. Um, Is in they settle pretty quickly. They don't obviously have horrible injuries. And so that shows that you're playing a pretty tight-knit group of uh, coaches' favourites, I guess, in some ways. Do you think that there's anyone else to come in or do you think we've seen everyone we're going to see playing for us this year? I think Monfries is a lot to come in and play at least a game. Um, okay. Because I think there would have been no point in giving him a contract if that he, wasn't no, in the plan. No, that's not true because he's a depth player. He's a depth mm. player. You have to think that, Macca. We always have to pay for depth players. Yeah, Matty White's a depth player. I'm not sure Gus is. I think Gus is a bit better than that. No, so I, I think we'll see him play at least a game this year. Okay. Um, I think, or I, I hope we see Joe Atley play games this year. Yeah, that'd be good. He's one that I said I um, I really wanted him to play round one, but if he didn't play round one, I expected him to play by round four. Um, okay. Unfortunately for him, our midfield has been incredibly settled and uninjured So for the first time ever, which is great. Um, so he's been a little bit unlucky, I think. So I'd expect him to come in. I think Jesse Palmer will play uh, a game or two as well. Ooh, um, I wouldn't think that. Uh, Frampton, I really hope, gets a go. And, yeah, uh, and then there's uh, the two key players, uh, Austin and Howard, as well. You might get a chance. Yep. So, yep. like, we've yep. got a lot of depth at the moment. A lot of guys that probably in specific areas, yes, could have warranted a game in any other sort of year. Like yeah. last year, you know, Atley probably would have played three or four games by now. Oh, for um, sure. 
Austin would have played half the year. Howard would, would have played half a year. Um, so it's, it's just uh, luck of the draw on that regard in that we've, we've had a very settled, uninjured side uh, for once, uh, which is great. Um, but yeah, a few of those guys could probably feel a little bit unlucky in that regard. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I mean, I'm just looking at the clock. So we're going to have a long one, people. So if you can listen in for another half hour, enjoy. Because Mac is going to talk about the Magpies versus the Eagles game now. Oh, yeah. Should be great. Yeah. Yeah. Top All right. Table, Thanks Mac, for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, I, I think on. this is the first time where uh, we might actually see Stephen Summerton drop to the reserves. Really? How come? Because we'll have too many players. Ah, Okay. So at the moment we've got uh, Loby, Snelling, Laddams, and Ira on the interchange bench plus Summerton. Yeah. So we we've, we've literally got a full gamut of uh, of AFL listed players. So Dude. we uh, we might see Stevie Summerton running around picking up eighty seven touches in the reserves. <laughs> uh, but I guess the important question is: Are we going to beat the Eagles? Oh, I would hope so. <laughs> That many actual players, hope so. So. Yeah. 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 If we can't beat the Eagles with a full squad of AFL players, then um, I'd be pretty disappointed, I think. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Mm. Uh, and you got any particularly choice questions from Bigfoot you want to go through, Macca? Oh, mate, I've go got a, a lot. I've got a lot, actually. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. awesome. Okay, yeah. cool. Close to oh, cool. Warfy has asked, uh, does water snake taste like chicken? And uh, <laughs> I know everything tastes like chicken, but yes, in all seriousness, it did actually taste a little bit like dry chicken. Um, Dry, oh, okay, yeah. Not a lot yeah. of fat on a snake, I guess. Not a lot of meat on it as well. Right. Uh, yeah. It was very tasty, I've got to say. I'm up for more snake. Good stuff. What's the next bring, one? Bring on the snake. Uh, Sue de Lance has asked, when in Shanghai, chopsticks or knife and fork? <laughs> it has to be chopsticks, wouldn't it? It has to be chopsticks. I don't even think they make knives and forks. <laughs> well, I'm sure they do, but they'd probably look at you weird. <laughs> yeah. And, and anywhere where they come to you and they're ready with an knife and fork, you probably don't want to eat because it's a touristy place. Yeah, that's it. No, I'm definitely pro chopsticks. I'm... Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't care either. But um, like I said, I mean, I think that if you've got the knife and fork out in Shanghai as a restaurant, then you're probably saying, hey, Eating in the wrong spot. we're serving unchallenging food. Come here, yeah. Westerners. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Uh, Delance has also asked a question, in five years' time, who is the more complete and influential player out of this group? Ooh. Sam Pepper. Joe Attlee, Todd Marshall, Willem Drew, or Dougal Howard? Oh, gosh. Uh, if he plays as a defender, probably Dougal Howard. Um, most complete. I think that you probably have to look at Drew or Attlee out of those two. And I'm kind of still Team Drew. I'm Team Drew, I think. I'm still Team Attlee or SPP on that one. Um... Yeah, I can see Atley maybe doing it. I think I think that part of the reason why he hasn't got a game yet is he's a bit more. Uh, I think he's got to gain the damage to his game at yeah. this point. I, I yeah. think that's what's missing from Atley's game, and I think that's why he's not playing for us. Whereas I think that Drew's always been a fairly damaging sort of player. So yeah. that's for me why I think he might be a chance of being a bit more polished in five years' time. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. That's all right. Uh, and- Needs gravy is asked a thin or thick crust pizza. Uh, it really depends what you're feeling like you're in the mood for. Like if you just want to stuff yourself thick crust, and if you just want a, a nice sort of kind of a snacky thing, you know, then thin crust. Got to be thin crust for me. I, I don't. I don't really mind too much. I've got to give a shout out to Semaphore Pizza Bar because they do the best bloody pizza. Thin okay. crust, really crispy, great toppings, awesome. 
I think if you're going to have a really basic one like a pepperoni pizza, it has to be thin crust. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay, we've just really sort of asked that one. Um, Monkey Tunk Man, are the Port Hierarchy going to complain about opposition supporters cheering too loud at our games? No. No. I hope not. I really hope not. Okay, I don't know what that was in reference to, but no. Oh, haven't you heard? Haven't you heard? No. Oh, um, Fagan from the Crows released a statement to their uh, Premiership Club membership base saying... um, uh, that there were some alleged unruly uh, opposition supporters in their premiership club, which uh, is $6,000 per membership ticket, and um, that they need to under- understand and respect the patrons of the area and uh, calm down their cheering. Of the what opposition. a huge pile of wank. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come so, on. yeah, it was front-page news of the advertiser this morning. Of course it bloody was. <laughs> Which is wonderful. Ah, oh, love you, South Australia. That's it. <laughs> now, Johns has asked, what percentage increase can we expect with our goal kicking now that we have AFL-sized goal posts at Alberton? Well, hopefully that will actually will happen. Um, I didn't realise that we didn't have AFL-sized goal posts, so that might actually help as far as the long or the, the high goals or whatever else um, that sometimes go through, you know, being able to measure it more accurately. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. That's it. Probably won't know until after next preseason. Do you remember the SNFL game about... Oh, 15 years ago now, where the post broke, the goal, the goal post broke at Alberton. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that one. No, against no. Glenelg. And it took them about 45 minutes to fix it. And when they <laughs> fixed it, it was on like this 45 degree angle. I don't remember that at all. The only, the only goal post game I remember was when they had a blackout, I think at Waverley in the uh, AFL, oh. and then they, they <laughs> tore down the point post while the lights were out. They were carrying it around the oval. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Both good stories. Good stories. That's it. Andre has asked, uh, with us having a longer run of games to the end of the season than uh, the other clubs, would you like to see the coaches rotate some players out across games to keep the list fresh? Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. I, I would think yeah. so as well. Yeah. Mm. And that's where we might see the likes of Monfries and Atley and Palmer sort of get games, I think. Maybe. Uh, Johns has asked, uh, who do you expect or want to see play games in the post-buy part of the season? Oh, I think we've just answered that. But Yeah, Frampton, for sure. Um, maybe Dougal Howard, if he can come in as our uh, key backman replacement for someone at some point. Those are, the, those are my top two. Yeah. Brett Eddy is one that we haven't spoken about yet, this podcast. What do you see the end of the season looking at like for him? Do, do Look, you think I mean, he might come in and play some more games? Look, he might, um, if only if we get a, a really late season injury and we need someone that's a little bit experienced. Um, but if Eddie's not playing games by the end of the season, there's a fair chance that next year Todd Marshall will get his opportunities. So, um, yeah, that's what, that's what he's got to watch out for. That's it. Uh, Simo BC has asked, uh, Martin Leslie or Darren Mead? I never really saw a lot of Martin Leslie, so I'm making an uneducated opinion of Darren Mead, but I don't really know. Okay. Got to go Leslie, I reckon. He was the you better reckon? player. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. A bit more attacking as well. I yeah, did love Meaty, enough. though. Meaty was great. Yeah, but he was a utility for so long, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess you probably have to go Leslie. Yeah, That's all right, it. cool. Uh, Andre has asked, excluding last year's draftees, your top three improvers so far this year? Um, Pollock, uh, Brad Ebert, 
and Clary. Okay. I had Polek, Ebert, and Jonas. Okay. Fair enough. That's it. Um, uh, okay. Here we go. Andre has asked, assuming all players are 100% fit, who do we each pull out of the current team and who do we replace them with? Uh, actually, uh, Frampton in. Okay. Hmm. And Hobbs say... out and Howard in. Oh, Maybe. really? Maybe, okay. yeah. I'd be wow. tempted to do that against a team that we know has a tall key position forward. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I like the team. The only one that I can see dropping out from my best team would be Archie, I think. And... Mm. That would be... I'm not sure who I would want to replace him, though. Um, You've been pretty big on Monfries, Macca. You've got a name him, don't you? It's either Monfries or it's another toll, like Eddie or Frampton. Yeah, Frampton, yeah. I, I think I'd lean to Frampton. Just that would be can... the only one. The, the reason do. why Frampton is my automatic inclusion is because he's a, he's a backup thrift rider, has an injury, and he's a backup thrift Dixon has an injury. Ideally, maybe, possibly. Not a great backup, but at least he's someone. Yeah. <laughs> Houston, desperately unlucky. but uh... Oh, yeah, hugely unlucky. I mean, I guess I'd probably, if it was all up to me, entirely on me, I'd drop someone for Houston. And I don't know. I don't know who to be. Maybe uh, conditional. It'd be conditional. I'd make that defensive unit expect to lose one of their players and be replaced every week. So it might be a Broadbent out or it might be a Hartlett out. And it might be Houston out, but we'll match that up depending on who, what sort of players we're up against every week. Sam Gray out, Wingard back up forward, Hartlett in the middle. Houston down back. Uh, I think the failing there is that uh, Hartlett in the middle isn't going to happen. So, you know. Should happen. <laughs> yeah, I know you're going to keep saying that until he retires. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, James Murray has asked to build me your dream cheese platter. Oh, okay. You've got to start with Roquefort. Really nice blue cheese. Uh, I think it's a sheep's cheese from memory. Okay. Uh, I'd complement that with some Morbier, which is a semi-soft that's got a layer of ash through the middle, and it's just a really nice mildish cheese. Yep. Um, there's a cheese I want to try, which I haven't, because I think they only really sell it in Spain, and that's called the Torta del Casar, and that's a sheep's milk cheese. Uh, but as the rennet, rather than using an animal-based one, they use thistles. So it means it's got a really interesting thing in that it goes kind of hard on the outside, but it's running in the middle. And so okay. you cut the top off and you use it like a kind of a you know room temperature fondue kind of thing, and it's apparently a bit bitter. Mm. Um, I, I think if I'm going to first go from Australian cheese, I'll probably go to the Apostle Way Dairy down near Lawn, um, near the obviously near the Apostles. Uh, yep. They do a really nice washed rind cheese. Um, and then I'll probably have some nice red grapes to go along with it. And I've got, to, I've got to have a soft cheese, don't I? A nice camembert or something. So yeah, ideally a French camembert. Yep. Um, I had a really good camembert at the Hunter Bell Dairy north or on the way to Tamworth from Sydney. Um, might do that. Uh, and That's a lot of, then, this is a lot of cheese on a cheese platter. Yeah, I know. Well, I haven't, <laughs> no one said how many people I was How beating. big is this platter? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a coffee table sized uh, platter of cheese here. Yeah, this and is this, up one, my, this is up my alley right now. There's one, there's one small good that I'd have as a as a compliment to all that, which I don't know what it's called, but it's a Spanish one. Yep. 
Mm. I had it at Goodger Street, and it's something like where the animal that it's made from is gets fed like water chestnuts for three months before they kill it, and it adds chestnutty flavour to the to the thing. I think that's right. I think that's okay. the right thing. And that was a really nice sort of salami-ish thing. Yep. Cool. That's yeah. all right. Yeah. There you that's go. That's my ideal cheese plate. There you go. For me, I would go a a really nice Conte. Um, because okay. I love that uh, a Reblichon a nice uh, soft wash wash rind uh, Pecorino I'm a big fan of Pecorino oh, yeah not on cheese plate though for me but yeah I understand I reckon something a little bit harder uh, I yeah, don't mind right. a bit more deeper sort of flavour um, and then probably something like dried blueberries I really really like on a nice. cheese plate nice yeah yeah yep. some dark chocolate refrigerated of course oh piss off and, uh, <laughs> And uh, some lavosh, obviously, and um, yeah, yeah, it's all right. Uh, maybe something else as well. Something else might be missing. Maybe some uh, prosciutto or something like that. Yeah, look, I'm not so big on the prosciutto myself, but I can understand that maybe going with some of the other stuff you picked. Mm. Mm. There we go. There we go. That's not bad. I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, right. Bring out the cheese. <laughs> the cheese cast. That's it. <laughs> cheese cast. <laughs> Love it. What's the next one? Done. That's it. That's all. That's all the okay. questions. Cool. All right. Excellent. All right. We'll, we'll head into the final wrap now. Um, I guess we've got the big questions we haven't really answered. We've sort of danced around it. But the big question, first of all, is how many games is Port going to win this year, and what ladder position do you think they'll have us going to finals? Oh, okay. You go first with this one. Uh, I don't really. I'm not really good at this. I can't see us losing more than maybe another six games for the year. Mm-hmm. which probably has us in the second four, I think. So somewhere between fifth and eighth, I would imagine. I'm going to say we will win 13 games. Okay. And that will have us in sixth position. Yeah, I think we're about at the same page there. I think that's about right. Um, and the tips for the end-of-season awards, at this point, who do you reckon is mm-hmm. in, uh, in the lead for the club best and fairest? I hope it's Jonas, but I'll, I think it'll be Brad Ebert. I kind of think it's one of those things where in our good years, it's never a defender that wins. It's usually a midfielder, so I'm probably going to go with Ebert. Yep. Uh, best first-year player? Uh, I think Pal Pepper will be a lock for that. but he Pretty much is, isn't he? Yeah. I would, um, I would love, love to say Houston, but uh, I think uh, Pal Pepper... <laughs> All uh, right, and uh, next one. Um, I reckon your mate Jonas might be locked for this one. Best team man. Yeah, you, best you would man, whatever they call probably it. think Jonas for that one. Maybe yep. Trengove, maybe Ryder. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, most Brownlow votes? Ebert or Wines? Yeah, I'm going to go with Ebert. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Ebert and uh, Brownlow bandwagon. I oh, just incidentally, I want to brag about a bet I forgot I'd made in December on Sam Palpiffer for the Rising Star at $51. That's not bad. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Um, that was my brag. Um, most looking coaches award bad. votes. Yeah, it's, it's looking pretty good. Most, most coaches, coaches award, award votes. Oh, Ollie, I think. Yeah, I think that yeah. he's the sort of player that they really value. Yeah. Um, and then just, I guess, getting down to the games you're looking forward to this week, considering we're not playing. Oh, Any in particular you like? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Geelong and the Dogs. Obviously, yep. that's going to be really important for both teams. Uh, mm, and for us. Yeah, I would really like to see Geelong win. <laughs> yeah, right. Just to take some pressure off next week. Yep. yep. Um, I think uh, that's probably the only one, to be honest. 
I kind of like Essendon versus West Coast for Eddie Had because I think Essendon will win that one and that'll be useful for us in our position on the ladder. Yeah. Um, that might be handy. Yeah, Melbourne yeah. North Melbourne that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I'll be going to that one. That'll be very interesting. Um, seeing I, I would how they, love for Sydney to get over the top of St Kilda. Uh, yeah, yep. That'd be yep. nice. And uh, hopefully Brisbane can not lose by 100 points against the Crows. Yeah, hopefully. Well, I mean, Melbourne did the Crows last week, so who the hell knows what's going to happen? Mm, that's it. <laughs> uh, we had got a comment here from uh, JV on the Spreaker chat saying he reckons Houston or SPP will be the first year, uh, first year player winner. And he reckons that Charlie Dixon might be the best and fairest if he gets sixty or more goals, which I mean that's a pretty big target. That's a pretty that's big a... target hit from here at this point of the year. So um I think if he does he might be. Yeah. Well if he has a yeah, that would be you would think he'd have to play a couple of finals to hit that mark, yeah, I reckon. I'd say so, at this yeah. point. Uh but that's let's a big target. never say never. No, I mean, look, I think we'd all be pretty stoked to, first of all, get that, have uh, Charlie Dixon kick that many goals in a season. Um, but if he did, yeah, he probably would be the best player in our side uh, if we don't improve anywhere else on the ground. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's hard to make an argument for at all. Um, all right, well, look, we finally, we've hit the we've hit the, the full content, Macca. We've, we've done it. We've, we've done it. We've through it. We've talked Shanghai. We've talked season review. We've talked cheese. Um, this has been a, I think this has been a pretty fun podcast. I hope people enjoy listening to it. I think so. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Look, if you've got any other parting comments you want to, to share, uh, any big footy people you want to dob in from the Shanghai game or anything like that? <laughs> uh, I went with pretty much a group of guys that do post a fair bit on big footy or used okay. to at least. Um, yeah, yeah. But that was all, that was all good. We'll keep that. Yeah. In-house? In-house. What's that? What happens in Shanghai stays in Shanghai. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. All, All I've right. got to say, once again, is make yep. sure you go next year. Everyone Absolutely. has to go next year because it is oh. incredible. Fantastic. All right. Well, look, I mean, we've had, an, I think there's an excuse for us to sort of round out the, the um, show and sort of say not only can't fort, but also butcher. 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 Johnny butcher. Johnny bloody butcher. What a legend. Wines, Gray, fancy, well done. Still Gray, Hamble's good. West off, could kick a goal from here. He does. What a start. 